This is Building the Independent Economy podcast, the only series made for founders and teams building the companies that enable and empower independent workers. In each episode, I'll interview subject matter experts, founders, and leaders on the front lines building epic businesses. They'll share insights and actionable advice that your team can use to grow your company and win in the independent economy. I'm your host, Trent Bigelow, CEO and co-founder of Abound. Here's today's episode. Rafael Espanol is our guest today. He is the executive director of Freelancers Union. He was born and raised in Brooklyn. Rafael became New York's youngest elected official when he joined the state assembly at age 26. The son of Dominican immigrants who were union members as well as freelancers, Rafael quickly became a leader fighting on behalf of workers, small businesses, artists, low-income communities, and the environment. In 2013, he was elected to the New York City Council, representing Brooklyn's diverse 37th district. Rafael has been a steadfast advocate for freelancers' rights throughout his whole career. On the City Council, he was an early supporter and a co-sponsor of the first-of-its-kind Freelance Isn't Free legislation that passed in New York City in 2016 giving freelancers unprecedented protection from non-payment and late payment. He co-sponsored a bill passed in 2019 to extend protections against harassment and discrimination to independent workers under the city's human rights law. Rafael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So for those who don't know, what is the Freelancers Union? What is its mission? Yeah, well, we are a a 25-year-old organization that was founded with the idea of being a space in which freelancers can come together, build a unified voice, and advocate for the needs and the challenges that they face in the workforce. So we uh, do our best in providing educational materials that would help first-time freelancers become successful freelancers, material that will help a seasoned veteran freelancer be able to overcome any challenges they're facing down their career path. We are also a space to, as I mentioned earlier, to build community. You know, we want to make sure that freelancers are talking to each other. We all know that the freelance workforce is a fragmented workforce. And because of that, there are gaps of information. There are a lot of possibilities of, of individuals being exploited by a client or a company they're working for. And we want to make sure that we're building the space where people can communicate to help build their careers. And then thirdly, I should say, We do a lot of work behind the scenes in curating the products that exist out there in the market, working with companies that are offering platforms for freelancers, and making sure that we're highlighting those that we believe are the best actors and and the biggest asset to our membership. So I like to think to ourselves as being an all-encompassing support system for the independent worker. How would you describe the state of freelance work in America today? We've, uh, in the past, have worked with Upwork in creating this study called Freelance in America. Just about a little over a year ago, we found that the independent workforce continues to grow. You know, at the beginning of this study, our predictions were averaging around 48 million Americans with freelancing. Uh, just last year, that number is at 57 million. I think we all know, and I think we're going to continue to expect it to be a rapidly growing workforce, especially now. You know, I think the pandemic has really created an environment in which a lot of Americans are thinking about you know, how do they want to move forward with their careers? Do they want to continue going to the nine to five job or do they want the flexibilities that come with, you know, choosing your clients or, or creating your own schedule? And I think that this is going to be a continued growing trend as we move forward. And quite frankly, 
the laws on all levels of government, the resources that exist as well, are extremely limited and they haven't really caught up with that reality. So we're going to be extremely focused on making sure that our governmental officials catch up and understand that the economy is just not only brick and mortar small businesses or Wall Street. It's not the traditional employer-employee relationship. You know, this is a workforce that, that is now going to dominate our economy and our laws have to reflect that moving forward. So I think when some people hear the phrase freelancer, you know, maybe they're thinking that, you know, independent graphic designer or photographer, but a lot of people think of like, oh, it's the, just the gig workers, the people driving Ubers and Lyfts. Can you talk a little bit about the diversity of what the freelance economy looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that the gig worker conversation has really dominated, I think, just media in general to a point that that's what elected officials are reading. That's what they believe is the freelance workforce. I think we all know as freelancers, that there are freelance professionals across all different types of industries, right? You have freelancers in the medical field, you have freelancers who are designers, freelancers in construction. We do our best to represent all of those workers. And, and the way we do that is by finding the, what are the pain points that all of these workers across all these different industries face. And it's at the end of the day, it's how to manage your finances, how to do your taxes. I think uh, you know everyone who collected 1099 has to go through the same process. And looking at the products that exist when it comes to creating a social safety net that's going to protect you from any unforeseen circumstances, making sure you have the best health coverage, making sure that you have uh, liability protections and insurance. So we, we look at those pain points and really try to fill those gaps to ensure that anyone who comes through our organization, no matter where you work, whether you're a gig worker who's driving a vehicle for Uber or Lyft or you know, you are a, a 10-year graphic design specialist who has a big corporation as a client. We want to make sure we, we are able to provide information, which all those workers are able to, to get what they need to succeed. So I think that you and, and Freelancers Union actually pioneered new legislation specifically to protect independent workers, both in New York. And then are you working on things beyond New York? Yeah, absolutely. In New York City, I was a former elected official in my previous life. And while I served in the New York City Council, the union actually approached me with a draft of legislation on how to expand protections for freelancers from client non-payment. Uh, I think we all can agree that it's probably the most common issue, you know, as a freelancer that we all face. I thought it made sense. You know, it was a no-brainer. We were able to get the legislation passed quickly because, as we all know, New York City is one of those major freelancer hubs. We've done a study here in, in New York and found that over 30% of the workforce does freelance. So we passed the first of its kind in the nation legislation in which guarantees or gives freelancers the recourse to be able to collect on non-payment and also gives them the right to a contract with every client they interact with. And that is enforced by a city agency here in the city of New York. You know, unfortunately, we are the only city in the country that has this law. Most recently, the state of Minnesota passed a similar law on a statewide level. So they are the second, but there's more work to be done that needs to be done. And that is our focus moving forward, is how do we replicate these wins we've had in the city of New York across all 50 states? So we're looking at LA, you know, we're looking at cities in Texas, we're looking at New Jersey, Washington, where we know where the bulk of membership at the end of the day reside. But we we're also looking at a federal level. How can we institute a similar protection on, on a federal level to ensure that everyone's protected no matter where you live? And the Freelancers and Free Act has proven to be super valuable, especially during the pandemic. I can't tell you how many of our members reached out to us because clients weren't paying for work that they had completed, uh, not only through the pandemic, but also prior to the pandemic. And they had no real recourse to get that uh, money. 
money that would have been valuable for them to be able to weather the points in which you know our government mandated shutdowns within our cities. So it's extremely important to us, and we're looking forward to the work ahead. And we encourage anyone who's listening that wants to be part of that conversation to reach out to us through freelancersunion.org. You brought up the pandemic. So what was, I mean, again, give our listeners an idea of what was life like for independent workers during the pandemic? How was that different than the rest of us who are employees? For the independent worker, I would say, you know, once the pandemic hit, I knew that we were going to see a huge problem across the country, even across the globe. You know, we did connect with folks in, in different parts of the world that does similar work for freelancers. And that's that freelancers don't have similar, the same protections as a traditional employee, right? So when the government mandated shutdowns and no one had the ability to work and everyone was quarantining or isolating in their spaces and no one had an opportunity to create work for themselves or bring income in, the traditional employee, you know, had programs like unemployment insurance, had programs like paid leave, you know, paid sick time, vacation time. You know, as a freelancer, we don't have access to those programs. So I knew that in order to ensure that no one fell through the cracks and, and no one was was at the end of the day, you know, using all of their lifelines in order to get through the weeks in which we were in the shutdown and weathering the height of the pandemic, I knew that the government had to do something radical. And that's expand those protections to independent workers, right? If you look back at last year, April, when the first relief package came out of Washington, the CARES Act, we were negotiating behind the scenes with Senator Chuck Schumer, with other state senators, to ensure that the bill included independent workers in all of the programs it was creating. So pandemic unemployment insurance, for the first time in our country's history, independent workers were able to tap into the unemployment system, uh, which was a huge lifeline for millions of folks. The PPP loans, the Paycheck Protection Program, which originally, when, when it was in discussion, was seen as a lifeline to brick-and-mortar businesses with, with a staff. We advocated to include independent workers as well. So there were a lot of programs that just came out of those packages that for the first time recognized independent workers as a workforce that needed to have expanded protections. Um, and I think that's going to continue reverberating, you know, as we continue to talk about the recovery. How can we now institute these temporary programs and make them permanent to ensure that down the line, freelancers have greater protections when things like this happen? So making unemployment protection and insurance permanently available for freelancers on the advocacy agenda for the union. What else is your top three must-haves in the next couple of years for your agenda? Yeah, I mean, unemployment insurance, it's uh, one of those big ones. Paid leave, it's a huge issue for a lot of freelancers. Uh, those who uh, have to care for a sick family member or those who are planning on having a family. You know, currently, you know, I think the the way folks find a solution is by taking on more work before they take the time off. Certain states in the country have already instituted a pay leave program like New York, uh, Washington, Massachusetts, in which freelancers are now able to pay into this program and then take up to 12 weeks off of paid leave. So we want to see that replicated on a national stage. And then, of course, just going back to the Freelancers and Free Act, you know, just having that basic protection of making sure people are getting paid and for the work that they're completing. I think those are the big three points that we're going to continue focusing on moving forward. So for those companies out there that are hiring and paying independent workers, obviously, besides make sure you actually do pay them, what advice would you give those you know, that hire in freelancers and independent workers? How can we be better allies? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest pain points I hear, aside from not being paid, is just being paid on time. We have freelancers who complete a job and they wait, you know, 30, 60, 90 days to receive payment for that work. And I think we all know, you know, we have bills at the beginning of every month that we have to pay. So one is making sure that you're processing, you know, their invoices as quickly as possible and getting them paid. Two, it's understanding that the freelancer themselves, they're, they are a business at the end of the day. Being conscious of, of not being an overbearing client, I think it's extremely important. You know, they're not your employees at the end of the day. You know, they're, they're completing a task for you. You know, there's a contract to negotiate, making sure that that contract respects that space and that relationship. So I would say it's just, it's just having that respect for the work that they're doing and understanding that you may not be the only client that they have. So going beyond that, you know, I know that the union recognizes some amazing work that startups out there are doing. What for, again, for the founders that are listening, what are the ways that startups can help serve freelancers and get more involved in the in the union? Yeah, I mean, I think that what we try to do is speak to founders and, and other companies that are, that are offering products that will simplify the lives of a freelancer. You know, currently we're partnering with like, for example, a bank called Lily. Lily Bank uh, has created this amazing app in which a freelancer, or say, let's say a freelancer who's first starting out and is just getting their finances in order, they're able to use their debit card and the debit card records every transaction. And through an app, the freelancer is able to swipe left or right on what's a business expense and what's a personal expense. Simplifying right the process at the end of the t- when it comes tax time of what was actually a business or a personal expense and allowing them to record that with the IRS. We're looking at, you know, there are a lot of great softwares out there. You know, I don't want to name any companies, but there's a lot of financial management tools in which people are able to keep track of of their clients, uh, keep track of of the payments that they're due, you know, automatic invoicing, uh, contract creation. All of those little things, I think, go a long way in ensuring that freelancers can focus on their work and have to focus on the back-end management of their finances. I think if we continue looking for solutions along that nature, that would definitely help freelancers moving forward. You can almost think of this as like a request for startups. Is there a service or an app that you feel like is missing in this space that, you again, you know freelancers better than anyone. Is there something that you think that your members keep asking for and they just haven't found yet? It's a tough question. I mean, it's a lot of things, right? And I think, you know, I mentioned pay leave before. I've been hearing a lot about the need for pay leave. Can an insurance company create a pay leave option that would exist on a national level uh, while there's this absence from our government? Is there a way that that can be created? Insurance you know, products that would help with the management of their business and their finance are really the big ones. So for freelancers or the startups that want to help serve freelancers, how should they learn more information about Freelancers Union? How do they get involved? Yeah, well, we are easily available online. You can go to freelancersunion.org and you'll see many drop downs that actually break down all of our offerings and, and all of the information that we provide. Again, becoming a member is free. So you're able to do that quickly and easily through our website. And you're able to contact us. So we have our information up. You can email us. Emails go directly to our staff. We're constantly monitoring it and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Well, Rafael, thank you so much for joining us. And again, on behalf of other freelancers, thank you for the great work that you and the entire Freelancers Union is doing. Thank you, Trent. My pleasure. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening to Building the Independent Economy podcast, brought to you by Abound. For access to the latest episodes, links, and more about today's guest, visit our website at withabound.com slash podcast. 
If you're building tax or benefits features for independent workers, check out Abound, the easiest way to automate contributions for taxes, healthcare, retirement, insurance, and more. Have an amazing day and stay independent.